You're listening to the Joy Habit Podcast, Episode 12. Hey, this podcast is all about real ideas on how your nutrition, exercise, stress management, and self-love are all foundations to your mental health and happiness. I'm Allie, a certified nutrition coach, and I'll be chatting each week with my good friend, Lindy, a licensed clinical social worker. Together, we've helped many clients reach their health goals and find emotional stability. It's possible to not only feel happy, but joyful inside and out. Here, we will discuss how to make joy a habit. So let's get started. Happy Monday, everyone. We are living in an insane time in the world. I just have been blown away at how quickly the situation in the world has been changing the last few weeks with this pandemic. And it's been so interesting to learn more about myself and about these self-love tactics that I have been studying and trying to implement in my own life. I've been trying so hard to teach my kids these things. And it's just kind of like put our lives under magnifying glasses. And I think that we are all taking a step back and really evaluating what's most important in our lives. And I think it's kind of a beautiful thing, even in this uncertain and scary time. So this podcast was actually recorded a few weeks ago, but it's so timely for right now to practice gratitude and self-love through this time where we are thrown into situations that we have never experienced before. We're being asked to do things we have never done before. And it can be very stressful on us and in our families. And so I hope that you'll really get something out of this podcast episode. I have been practicing with my kids each day at dinner during this quarantine. We'll sit down and I I ask them, what was one of the best things that happened? One of your good things, one of the good points, one of your favorite things that happened today. And when they pick something, then I, I go a little bit farther and ask why. And just being able to end our day on a positive note and um, really reinforce those happy things in our day has been so powerful as individuals, but also as a mom, so I can hear what's on my kids' minds. So this is something that I learned from my mom years ago, and my sister-in-law loves to tell this story because my mom revealed one of her parenting secrets (laughs) to us. She said that when she would tuck us in in bed at night, she would say, wasn't today wonderful? we did this and this and that, you know, we colored or we played games and, or we went to the park and she'd point out the positive things, even on those days, especially on those days where she felt like she had failed as a mother. She sent us to bed on a positive note. And I thought that was such a beautiful thing. And her secret now as a, as a grandmother, when she sends her grandkids home, if she's had them over for a day or so, or, you know, if she was babysitting them or something, she'll send them home and say, we had such a good day. And she'll point out all the positives. We were able to color. We were able to play with stickers and we were able to have snow cones or whatever the positive things were. And I think that is the cutest trick to send your kids off to bed or home to their parents happy. And, um, it's not just a trick (laughs) to make them remember happy things about their time with you, but it also reinforces those positive neural pathways in their brains, which is especially important in a time of crisis. If you can write three things that you're grateful for 
every day, it's going to be a powerful source to draw upon during this hard time. So I am so thankful that we were able to record this podcast, and I really hope and pray that it can be a strength to you in your life right now. And I'm sending lots of good thoughts and prayers and love to all of you who are being affected by this pandemic. Something Lindy and I have talked about doing for a while is starting an online therapy group support. And this is something that we would like to do now, especially during such a stressful time. And it's something that we will be offering for free. So I want you in there. We'll probably have to limit the group so it's not too big, so everyone can have a chance to talk. So our, our plan is that we can get together on the online platform, Zoom, and we'll go around and people can talk about things that they are worried about or things that they're doing well and share ideas and thoughts. And then Lindy, with her her therapy background, can help um, with some difficult feelings and work through some things. And I can help with maybe setting some goals with practicing healthy habits to help you feel your best through this time and teach you about foods that will help you with stress relief or um, different things that you can do to feel your best. So if you are interested in being in this group, please, please, please go to my website, foodrebelcoaching.com. There'll be a sign up box there or drop us an email at the podcast email address, which is joyhabitpodcast at gmail.com. You can also even just send us a direct message on Instagram. You can find me at food.rebel and Lindy at mind and strength. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. And I hope that this episode will find you healthy and well and happy. I wish you all the best. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Joy Habit Podcast. This is Lindy Barnard, and I am here with Allie. How are you today, Allie? I'm doing great. How are you, Lindy? I'm doing well. I am excited to talk about how we can find more joy through self-love. And today we're really going to focus on gratitude because gratitude can be hard to practice. Have you ever noticed how you tend to find the negative more quickly than the positive alley? Oh yeah, definitely. All the time. I'm really yeah. good at it. <laughs> I think we all are. It's a question I get all the time. Like, why am I always focusing on the negative? And it's actually something they've researched and they have found that negative events impact our brain greater than positive ones. And in psychology, they refer to this as the negative bias. So it's not just you or you being crazy or something wrong with you that you struggle with focusing on the positive. Yeah, I have to say, I definitely struggle with a negative bias and I hadn't heard that term before, but I, I do engage in negative thinking often. I'm also extremely, extremely talented at figuring out what the worst case scenario will be in any situation. And I think yeah. it comes from my anxiety and, and worry. Yeah. And, you know, as you think about anxiety and worry and fear, when that triggers our nervous system and our body feels like there's a perceived fear, it goes into protective mode and it's going to look for those threats, which is part of the reason is there's this uh, negative bias because our body is built to physiologically go to that protective, find the fear and protect it base. So, that's part of the oh, reason, like coming from this place of anxiety, 
yeah, you are going to automatically start looking for that negative because your body is reacting to got to protect myself, got to protect myself. So that's That's why it's interesting. Yeah. And that's why it's so hard for so many of us to focus on the positive. So the role of gratitude actually plays a huge part in helping fight this negative bias. And there's an emerging field of psychology called positive psychology, which is really focusing on joy, positivity, happiness. How do we feel more of that? So today I want to address how and why gratitude can play such an important role in decreasing that negative bias, but also feeling more self-love and joy. Sweet. Let's do it. Okay. So first I want to introduce you to uh, author and psychologist from Harvard and his name is Sean Aker. Have you ever heard of him, Allie? I have not. Okay. So he did a TED talk back in 2011 and he's written a couple of books and his TED talk is off based off of some research that he did focusing on happiness and on positive psychology. And the book is called happiness advantage. If you guys want to go check out his podcast, it's a really good podcast. So he did research for years on how to find more happiness and how focusing on the positive versus focusing on the negative affects our brain. And he found that doing small things consistently for 21 days can help transform our mind to look for the positive instead of the negative. And he's, he talks about how little habits consistently will make a huge impact on our daily joy and lifestyle. Because again, it's not huge one-time events that are going to help our brain rewire to look for the positive instead of the negative. It's those small daily consistency that makes a huge difference. That makes sense. That's how most habits are, right? I mean, they're just little things that we have to practice. It may not come naturally to us. We have to keep practicing it to create those habits. Yeah, exactly. And like he talked about there and people probably a lot of our listeners have probably heard this concept of 21 days to form a habit. And I've heard that, but I've also heard it can take up to 100 days of doing it consistently to really get that habit to stick. So word is consistent (laughs) because maybe people like desire to do it for 21 days, but maybe it takes 100 days to be consistent. Yeah, exactly. So he listed five specific things. I'm only going to really focus on one today, but I'll tell you the five just real quick. Listing three gratitudes each day, journaling, exercise, which if you've listened to our podcast, our listeners know how Allie and I feel about exercise, meditation, which in the future we'll probably do one more about meditation, and then random acts of kindness. So those are the five things he said can help rewire your brain to look for more positive is engaging in these five each day. So today, Allie, I am going to focus on gratitude. Awesome. Yeah, I I am always surprised at these suggestions and they're so simple. There's nothing earth shattering about those five, five suggestions you just listed. But how many of us do these things on a consistent basis? I don't. Oh, I, I do some of them consistently, but not all of them. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes I go through phases, right? Oh, I do this consistently. And then I kind of struggle for a little while and then I get back on it. And yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think one thing that really I'm really big on in the word 
that's been in my mind a lot lately is intentional and just that mindfulness and self-awareness. And, you know, we've talked about self-care and that process of just recognizing where we're at. And I think that's one of the things that helps us, like you said, figure out if we are engaging in them consistently as if we are practicing self-care and being aware. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, um, so let's talk a little bit more about looking for three gratitudes each day. This is something that I, Allie, I have had experience as a therapist just blew my mind away. Um, years ago when I was running a group, we did a weekly exercise from Kristen Neff, who's a psychologist that fell along these lines. Um, our members were focusing on how to show themselves some more self-compassion. So the assignment was over a month, um, every day the group would check in with each other. And at the time they were using like a, like a walkie talkie type app, kind of like Marco Polo. Mm -hmm. And every day the group was, um, reporting to themselves and to the group, three gratitudes or positive things that happened that day. So members reported it, reported to me that it made them feel more mindful and aware of what was going right. And it also lifted them up hearing things from other members. One member in particular at the end of the group, this group was six months or more. Um, but this one member expressed how that one exercise was a huge turning point for them. It was one of the best moments of my career, Allie, because I could t- I knew how much this member had been struggling. And it was amazing for me to see the transformation of not only this member, but the other members of the group just in a month by just a simple, consistent activity of listing three gratitudes or three, three things that were going well. And that it helped them show love and kindness to themselves and to others. And that's one of the reasons I find group work to be so powerful and supportive. I think this is so cool. I, I do journal on a regular basis. And as part of my journal, journaling routine, I'll write three things that I'm grateful for each day. And they can be random things. But I love the idea of how they were sharing their gratitude list with others, because I think there's power behind just publicly declaring something that you're thankful for to others, but also so inspiring to hear others' thoughts. And maybe someone tells you that they're grateful for waking up to a clean kitchen and it helps them start their day happier. And Mm -hmm. maybe you've never thought of that before, but it can inspire you to try it and be grateful for things that maybe you didn't notice. I love the sharing idea of that. And I love that you just gave the example of waking up to a clean kitchen that they can be small things. They don't have to be these huge things, but, and recognizing different things each day. Right. And that's where it's cool too to hear from other people. It helps generate your thoughts a little bit differently as well. Mm -hmm. So, so the other way that I think gratitude can really help you transform, not only how you think, but also include increase your confidence is through this idea of how do we feel about ourselves and that if we're recognizing gratitude and we're practicing gratitude, it will help you feel more confident. So I just mentioned Kristen Neff. Have you heard of her before, Allie? I just heard you speak about her. Yeah. And our listeners have probably heard me speak about her as well. I don't know if any of them have um, looked her up, but she is a psychologist who researched and works on self-compassion. Her website is selfcompassion.org. 
she's done a bunch of work with, um, with Brene Brown. And she talks a lot about how do we show ourselves love and kindness when we're going through a hard time. So her, one of her quotes and her definitions of understanding what self-compassion is, is she says, instead of mercilessly judging and criticizing yourself for various inadequacies or shortcomings, self-compassion means you are kind and understanding when confronted with personal failings. After all, whoever said you were supposed to be perfect. I love that. So I love that too. I love that she points out we're not supposed to be perfect because, because oftentimes because of the negative bias, we tend to judge ourselves and criticize ourselves more quickly than acknowledging our positives or what we would do to other people. Yeah. And that, you know, perfectionism is on the top of my mind. Cause I just finished a book last night called ironically finish <laughs> by John Acuff. And he talks a lot about how we need to embrace imperfection, especially as we are um, achieving goals, because when we're so focused on perfection and being perfect, it puts us into that all or nothing distorted thought pattern. So when we yeah. do make a mistake, we're more likely to just to give up on the whole thing because we criticize ourselves for not only failing, but then we kind of take it further and magnify it into, I must be a flawed person and I'm never going to be able to get this right. So he actually suggests changing our mindset to expect imperfection in our lives, which I wholeheartedly agree with, but it's super difficult to do. But I do think that's a very interesting perspective to consider. Yeah. It's, I've heard a lot of phrases lately, especially in the, um, in the work organizational leadership world of what's a growth mindset versus a set mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of this idea, again, the reason I bring this up as how self-compassion and not judging ourselves so critically will help you be more confident is because, and how that ties to gratitude is because like you said, if I'm incorporating that my imperfections are part of the process and part of my mindset and life, then I'm going to be grateful for when I do fail because I mean, I'm not usually grateful that I fail in the moment. (laughs) (laughs) If I can view it as a learning opportunity and a time to grow. And even if I've had a huge failure that day, I can then try to look at, okay, what am I grateful for? What has gone right today? Okay. This didn't go great, but here, this is still where I'm at. I think of the, thing I often deal with with clients as we're working through automatic thoughts is how often do you hear a compliment and your automatic thought is, oh no, that's not true. Or Mm -hmm. how hard is it for you to accept a compliment? Yeah, definitely. I think that's really hard for women. Yeah. And it's something you mentioned, Allie, that you have actually worked through. So tell me a little bit about your experience. Well, so I think that was just kind of a a learned behavior from other people around me growing up to just that. And it was almost like, that's how you stay humble. You appear humble by turning down the compliment, but I don't remember who it was, but years ago, someone pointed out that it's frustrating to the compliment giver to be shot down. So because they're offering you this compliment, which is a gift and you're rejecting it and giving it back to them. So I feel like I've, I'm pretty good at just quieting those inner demons and just, um, simply saying, thank you. I also tend to be very sarcastic. <laughs> I can say things like, <laughs> Oh yes, I know I am the best, 
which I do think that's even better than putting yourself down and in response to a kind gesture like that. Yeah. And it can be. And I like that you said, you're trying to quiet those inner demons and it also will help you focus a little bit more on that gratitude and also help you be more confident because you're fighting that vicious cycle of negative thinking and you're giving yourself permission to accept what people are saying about you and try to believe what they're saying. Yeah. And maybe you don't even what they're saying, but just recognize that they see that in you and you're going to take it as a gift. And then if you take that gift, maybe that will start to grow within you and you can start recognizing those things inside. So you don't have to, to agree with them in the moment. Just thank them for the compliment. Yes, exactly. And I, again, this relates to self-compassion because if I can accept that this is what people believe me um, or believe about me, then I'm allowing myself to learn from that and grow and focus on where I am confident and what people do see in me versus uh, this is where I'm negative. This is where I'm falling short. So that helps you focus more on those things that you're grateful for and your success. Like it, like it. So I think it can also be powerful to lower your expectations for yourself in general. Yeah. And especially as you're working towards a goal. So whether you're working towards a goal of weight loss or a professional goal or improving your parenting, whatever it is, if we focus on that end image of the end goal of how we're going to be perfect at it and we're going to achieve that goal, we are going to be super disappointed when we make a mistake. However, mm-hmm. like we've been saying, mistakes are part of the process. They're inevitable. Yeah. And I heard good old Dr. Phil talk about when, I mean, he was talking about relationships, but he said, if you go through a horrible relationship, count that as tuition to your education. When we make a mistake, we are paying tuition to our life education and we can use that to make things better in the future. So the trick is to just keep going. And also at the outset of your goal, if you can set smaller goal points along your way, you're more likely to keep going and to stay motivated. For example, if let's go with weight loss, because that's my thing. If you want to lose 20 pounds, that can seem overwhelming and you might want to give up at the first slip up. But if you can lower Mm -hmm. your expectations at the beginning by setting a weight loss goal of maybe only five pounds, you give yourself permission to celebrate at that five pound mark. And you're more likely to keep going because you can see that that these goals are achievable and you're making progress. So also in the book finish that I um, read last night, John Acuff also said, perfectionism magnifies your mistakes and minimizes your progress. It does not believe in incremental success. And that's something that you and I, Lindy, have talked a lot about is that incremental success. So if you can take time to congratulate yourself, give yourself a pat on the back as you make progress, it's going to be a more enjoyable path and you're going to stay more motivated. I always tell my clients that you're not going to hate yourself to a better version of you. It's not going to happen. They're hating yourself. So you need to show yourself compassion through the process Realize you're human. You're going to mess up along the way, but it's all about improving yourself through the self-love approach. And that is my hashtag. <laughs> self-love <laughs> approach. And then, all, and I love that. And the, you and I have talked a lot about the self-love approach and how that in, incorporates into what we do. As you were talking, it reminded me also as when I, when I work with clients that have gone through pretty 
major trauma. And we all have traumatic events and things that we go through in our life at differing levels. And it's our resiliency, our ability to stand back up that really dictates how we work through things. And part of the healing process of the trauma is one, there's a process where you actually have to recount the trauma. It's called a trauma narrative. And you go through this whole process of being able to talk about it. And through that process, one of the end goals is to be able to find what did I learn from this? But like you said, that's an incremental success. The very first step is, okay, we're going to talk about this for 10 minutes. Mm. And then we're going to do some deep breathing and we're going to help you not feel, we're going to help you work through that, that emotional reaction that comes with the trauma. So that incremental success. And then the next week we build off of that and we do these building blocks. But it's, a, it's been amazing for me as a therapist to see where people start but help them be there to support them, to help them find their strength to work through that. And then toward the end for them to be able to reflect back and find some of the good in all the muck that they went through. And some of the good that they did, like show yourself yeah. that self-compassion for what you accomplished and how you were resilient. Yeah. I think that's very important. Yes. So you know, just to review, gratitude is going to help you show self-love because one, it's going to help you try to fight that negative bias and try to write, focus on writing three gratitudes a day to help you find those positive things. And as a result, that is going to help you be more confident and it's going to help you show more self-love to yourself and also show more compassion to others, which we didn't really talk about, but that's going to be important. I want to share two more just quick tips, Allie, okay. about ways you can practice gratitude to help your joy. Now, you're probably going to know what I'm going to say because I probably say it every one of our podcasts. And so hopefully our podcast listeners are starting to realize something that I find just so vital um, in life and to mental health recovery is writing. Because Writing engages your prefrontal cortex and it makes you more consciously aware. Our prefrontal cortex is where we rationalize. It's where we can um, put meaning to our emotions. So don't just think about it. Write it down. Write those things down that you are grateful for. The other thing I have people do is to ask themselves and write it down. What went well or what did I do well today? I like that because it helps you think of the positive, think of your successes. And it's also great to write it down because you can look back at them later when you're struggling. I like that. I, I know years ago, I had a therapist tell me I was I was a new stay at home mother, and it was really overwhelming. And I was having some postpartum depression. And I just felt like I wasn't really contributing to society. And I didn't, I just felt lost. And she said, I want you to write three things every day that you're going to accomplish, like little things, like you are going to get dressed, you're going to brush your teeth and you're going to take care of your baby. And it could be different things every day, but by doing yeah. that, it simplified my list and I could go back and look and say, I accomplished my to-do list today. I did it. And I, and then if I did anything else that was on top of that, that was like extra credit and it made me feel better, but it just took that pressure off of me of being perfect and help me see that I was doing good every day. And I, I think that could be a valuable tool too for our listeners to, to 
to identify what you're doing and to be able to celebrate those, those small victories. I like too that you pointed out the simplify. I think when we overcomplicate things, that's is when we hard, we have a hard time being consistent. So simplifying is an important part of that. Um, the last tip I want to give is actually what is referred to as the five to one rule. And this comes from John Gottman. He is a therapist and he, um, He's a marriage family therapist, and he's basically like the grandfather of marriage counseling. He's got a huge, huge program and research, and he has um, the Gottman Institute. So one of the things he talks about in relation to um, marriage counseling and working through things with your spouse, he talks about when you're interacting with your spouse, think of five good things or five positive things that they're doing or about them for every one criticism. And this is something I have found to actually also be very helpful with dealing with your own negative thinking, negative bias, and self-critic. So I think it works really well, not only for your relationships, but also how you think toward yourself. So think of five positive for every one critical thing. This is going to help you kind of stay balanced. It's going to help retrain your brain to look for the positive but also allow yourself room to look for ways to change and grow. So it gives you that growth mindset. It gives you that ability to, I am doing stuff well, but hey, you know what? I still want to work on this, but you're keeping it in balance and not veering toward the everything is negative. I like that. I love when you have like a very specific thing, five to one. I I think that's very easy to implement and it's an actionable step. So thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you guys have any more questions, you guys can shoot us some questions on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you guys about what you guys want to hear on the podcast. But today, remember that gratitude can play a great role in helping you love yourself more and finding joy more in your daily life. Awesome. Thank you, Lindy. Thank you, Allie. Have a good day. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Hey, we want to hear from you. Drop us an email and we'll discuss any of your questions on an upcoming episode. You can email us at joyhabitpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd also like more coaching tips or maybe work with us one-on-one, you can follow along on Instagram. You can find me, Allie, at food.rebel, Lindy at mindandstrength, or on our websites. Thanks.